and welcome to the Staying Driven Podcast. I'm your host, Steph Roach, and this is a podcast with you in mind. Today, we are here with Paul Gustafson and his wife, Barb, and we are going to be talking all about the Abilities Expo, and we're also going to have a deeper conversation about having a an injury versus being born with a disability, and I think we're going to get into a pretty cool conversation, so let's get into it. Hey Paul, how are you? I'm doing great. Welcome. I, thank you. Thank you for having us, Steph. I'm glad you're so excited that we're here. I am so excited that you're on the podcast. So we came all the way down to Scottsdale to the Abilities Expo here this weekend and to see you. And it's been very, very awesome. Um, we're coming from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan up in Canada. Um, and it was Barb and I. Barb's come along here. Barb, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. <laughs> it's me, Barb. <laughs> yeah. How long have you guys been together? We've been together for quite some time now, Barb. I'm going to let you take this one. <laughs> Do you not remember? <laughs> We've been married 35 years. Wow, that's incredible. Um, why don't you tell everybody, if they don't already know who you are, a little bit about yourself and how we connected and why you're here for the Abilities Expo this weekend. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I am a C56 quadriplegic as a result of a motor vehicle crash from 1984. I was 17 when I had my injury. I had no one barred prior to that. We'd gone to school together. And then after the injury, we got married. Um, so we've got two daughters, Emma and Olivia. One is, Emma is 20 and Olivia is 15. Both back home loving life because we're not there, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, and when the, well, even before the pandemic, actually, I've been doing some online fitness just through some YouTube videos and such and connected with uh, Bobby in California, who then connected with you through, I think, NorCal. Yeah, we had did. done... The NorCal, so we work with, obviously with Staying Driven, we do corporate memberships and Spinal Cord Injury of Northern California was one of our clients and you guys happened to jump into class. Yeah, yeah, so Bobby said, you got to come try this out and then joined the Staying Driven classes on a weekly basis, so that was really awesome and then was fortunate enough to get involved in coaching through Steph and that was over two years ago now. So I know. It's been awesome. I think it, it's a testament too to the way that you um, can command a room, even if it's not physically a room, but also virtually. And, and you had probably been doing staying driven as a member for maybe three months or so. And I'd been looking for more coaches and I never even thought about the idea of what would it look like if I had other adaptive coaches and the fact that you were a quad, it didn't even cross my mind that you couldn't be a coach, so mm -hmm. why not? You know, and I think that's something too that's really special about staying driven is we're kind of kind of breaking the the barriers a little bit of like what it means to be a coach and just because you can't physically um, demonstrate a movement the same as somebody else doesn't mean you can't talk about it, right? So you can't exactly. use your verbal cueing and talk somebody through a movement. So, I mean, it was a no-brainer to me. You and Bobby have so much passion for the community, for showing up, for, you know, just being somebody that I can rely on that pulling you into the coaching, coaching realm was not really uh, anything that I really needed to think twice about. 
Well, but, yeah, it's been it's been awesome, and you hear so much about how the pandemic has hurt people and how it's you know reduced opportunities and for myself it has opened so many doors yeah i mean i wouldn't be here if it wasn't because of the pandemic like i would have never i probably i I may have met you eventually but it wouldn't have been in the same capacity it wouldn't have been to the same extent same level did barb did you see a difference in paul when he started becoming a coach for stanger and when he started like really getting involved in staying driven. Uh, yes, because I stopped seeing him <laughs> altogether. No, we take all of his time, guys. <laughs> no, it's 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 been good for him. He, it's helped his mood. It it's been good. Yeah. Well, and just meeting so many different people, you know, through the staying driven community, like the the NorCal group you'd mentioned earlier. You know, what a great group of people. And I feel like all of the Staying Driven crew from, they're, they're from all over. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I know them so well. I know, right? You know, like when I first saw you, so the first time that you and I had met was, what, three days ago? Yeah, like, met like in, in person. person. <laughs> and uh, it was like we'd known each other for two <laughs> yeah. years. Like, I was, it was right. no different. It was just really cool. I wasn't picking some random stranger up from the airport. Yeah. <laughs> huh. No, but I, I think that that's also a testament to the fact that people are showing up every day, right? You know, and if yeah. they're not showing up every day, they're showing up at least three times a week and we get to really know them and, and be invested in their lives. Um, with that being said, for our listeners that have no idea what the Ability Expo is, you mm-hmm. want to talk a little bit about that and then we'll talk about what we did uh, over the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, the Abilities Expo is a, it's a disability trade show that includes workshops and classes that runs all over the states as well as in toronto canada they've started doing it it's been going on for years i've always wanted to go and i have never ever had the opportunity to go to one so this was just a perfect opportunity being able to come down to scottsdale meet staff meet uh, her husband ty and and some of her family and be involved in the trade show too you know see the trade show some of the things that particularly where we are in Canada you don't have as easy access to Mm -hmm. not that you can't get the equipment but you can't often see it and touch it and feel it and and meet the people there was so many people there that I'd connected with online besides you through staying driven you mean I'm not the only person you talk to over the internet (laughs) and actually being being able to uh, to meet the gang it's, it's really cool like Mark, who was on here a couple of oh, man. couple of shows ago, we're you know? so proud of you, Mark. If yeah. you're listening, <laughs> I think so he's, cool. he's crushing it. Yeah. If you guys don't know uh, his company, Ability Ease, um, he creates pretty incredible products for everyone of the adaptive community, but really specifically focuses on his um, demographic as a quad. And you, as a quad, speaking can speak yeah. more to it of how amazing his products are. Well, he's just he's a genius in what he's doing, and I, yeah. I think he's just scratching the surface, and I think he knows that too. And it's just really cool. And the Live to Roll guys from the YouTube thing, you know, it's a mm-hmm. it's just a community of people. You know, everything from staying driven to now the podcast that you're doing, and yeah. everybody's so supportive of each other and, and what they're doing, and it's it's really cool. And I think, okay, well. 
you know, I'm up in Canada and we're up north and blah, blah, blah. No, we do not live in igloos. I <laughs> think we live in igloos. But you listen to people and you talk to people in similar situations and we've all gone through the same experience. Right. You know, it doesn't matter if you're from Texas or Saskatchewan or Florida. It's the same experience. And I think, too, watching you be able to teach a class in person. So what we were able to do at the Abilities Expo this year was super special to me, um, was not only to have you there to coach mm -hmm. class, but seeing you interact with you know our athletes, I consider everyone that we coach an athlete, interacting with those athletes in that same physical space is something that I love working in the virtual space, but there's something different about yeah. being in person and yeah, that energy sure. um, and just watching you be able to, you know, kind of lead your, your first classes were really cool to, to be yeah, able to see. The, yeah. The first class is like live and as a staying driven coach, it's really, really neat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I teach a class at the university of Saskatchewan an adapted physical activity class. And I told my students I was coming down to this. So I'm really excited to, you know, bring my experience back and share it with them. I've got, you know, a whole classroom full of, potential OTs and PTs and physicians and, um, you know, seeing how these classes work, you know, watching you work a room, so to speak, you know, being able to be in person and do uh, an adapted class that is for everybody. It doesn't, you don't have to have a disability. You know, and Mr. It doesn't Henry in the front row, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mr. Henry was crushing it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was really cool to see people of all ages, abilities, even Barb jumped into our class. Yeah. Um, from your perspective, Barb, what did you think of the Abilities Expo? Uh, I thought it was great. Um, I don't know, it, it's, yeah, it's like Paul says, it's good to go and see the things in, in person and not just see it over the internet. Or He researches a lot of things and before he gets it, but it's always a, Run into a surprise or two. Yeah. <laughs> it always shows up. Um, it's always a surprise when you get it, and it's e either something that you thought it was going to be or something that you... Right, or it's too big, too small, yeah. or, yeah, yeah. you know. You don't know, and, and so it was great to go there and see things in person. I think when we, when we talk about the community as a whole, uh, there are are different perspectives and this was a conversation that we really wanted to bring to the podcast so i'm kind of going to bring it uh, around back a little bit but one of the conversations that paul and i had and we think it's really important to bring up is this idea of being born with a physical disability and mm -hmm. then acquiring a disability and at the abilities expo paul was able to meet a young man's mother who the young man had recently been injured and was struggling a lot to accept his new reality. And I think it's important to talk about because we don't talk about it very often. Yeah. And um, I can't say that I can fully, or I should say, I can't say I could have fully empathized until I went through cancer in 2016 because I was born this way. I don't know anything different when it comes to having cerebral palsy. My, my daily life has really been the same from the time, let's say my adult life, from the time I'm 16 to where I am now at almost 33. But 
the the only thing that really makes me be able to be a little bit more empathetic to having to change is when I went through chemo because the the body changes right and and I went through so much mentally that it still messes with me so I can totally relate to that but I do think it's something that we really need to talk about and get the conversation rolling when that woman came up to you what was your first initial reaction? Well, it wasn't unusual for me. I mean, I worked with new injuries for years. I worked as a rehab counselor, so it was a it was a great conversation. I'm really glad she approached me. And um, yeah, she was a mom who had her her son had recently acquired an injury, and he was he was still adjusting to it. He was um, he wasn't very many months out. I mean, I'm going to say he was. I can't remember if she said six or eight months out, but. He, w- he was still adjusting to this new reality, this new life of his. Um, and that's not uncommon. So, you know, the conversation we had around that was how she interacts with him. She talked a little bit about, um, you know, the communication and some of the communication breakdown and, and kind of where his emotions or who, not where, who his emotions might be focused on. And, you know, I shared some of my experiences when I was first hurt and my frustrations and I know I I was hard on my parents you know I they they took a lot from me when I was you know learning to do things and I just needed time you know you need you need time to I think when you have an acquired injury like that when you go from being somebody who is able-bodied to having what I understand is classified as a catastrophic incident or traumatic traumatic injury um, and the life changes that you go through, um, it's, it's something that it takes time, it takes understanding. Uh, the support around you is important, whether it's family, friends, getting involved in the community really helped me. Uh, for me, it was, it was more, it was the sport community initially, but it grew beyond that. And then if we flip that back to the expo, that's what I saw at the expo. You know, with staying driven, with um, the Live to Roll gang, uh, with what Mark's doing. It's a community. Mm-hmm. And as human beings, I, I think this really comes out with what we've dealt with all human beings with the pandemic. The importance of community and the importance of peers. And then someone like yourself who is only known disability. So when we talk about able-bodied life, to you, that's not something that you've had an opportunity to experience, no. and it's not—it's not something that you might miss. Uh, I'd say it's interesting because as I've gotten older, I think I've had these moments of like, man, I wish I could have experienced like yeah. X, Y, Z. You know, um, as I got into a more personal relationship, there were things like. I wish I could have done as an able-bodied person. And yeah. like, I, I just, there's things that I had to have reality of like, that's not going to happen, yeah. you know? But I think too, it's this idea of there's so much anger attached to the what if, right? And the, the questions of, you know, you were 17 when it happened to yeah. you. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, at 17 it's it's easier than 36 
but you're 17. It, it gave you time to adjust and you hadn't already, you know, kind of set that path of, okay, you didn't have your kids at the time. You guys weren't married. You were dating, right? right? So you kind of had to navigate that as a new couple, right? And understanding like, how is this going to affect us? you know, kind of moving forward into our life. I think that's a really cool part of the conversation. I'd love to hear your perspective, Barb, on, you know, you're, you're newly dating. I, I mean, you met when you were, what, 15? But, like, well, by the time you're 17, 18, you're doing more, like, adult things, right? So, like, you know, how did that really affect you guys? Did you want me to leave the room? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, I, how did it affect us? I think I had to learn how, um, but I don't know that it would have been different if he wasn't in the chair, (laughs) but how to, um, communicate effectively. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were young, so we probably didn't communicate well anyways, but... Um, we also had, it was a long distance relationship at the beginning at the beginning yeah. I mean we were three three hours away something like that did you almost say kilometers because that <laughs> no, no I was thinking I was thinking of where was I at the farm or was yeah. I going to university at the time four so. hours away yeah did you do you think that with him having his physical disability now did it make you more or less like did you care about what people thought about you guys together? No. Never? No. I don't think, I, because we were young, I don't think we knew any different. I mean, we were still learning about each other. I had my spinal cord injury. I didn't know what a spinal cord injury was. Yeah. I'd never met anybody in a wheelchair. Yeah. I mean, I'm from small town Saskatchewan and, uh, on the farm. I didn't meet anybody in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Barb actually had more I experience had, yeah. had, with disability than I did. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it didn't, it didn't me at all really I just it I mean it it changed it um, it it changed how I looked at our future maybe because why she was thinking all right money train no (laughs) she was thinking about your kids and and i'm sure yeah i had to think about that i had to think about like what if if we could even what if we can't have children yeah um just what life is gonna look like before i mean he was a farmer so i mean i would have had to wrap my head around that too (laughs) right you know like i was a city girl right i when we first were dating, it was like, oh, you know, do it. Like, if, if I was thinking about marriage, I would be marrying a farmer. I would be out in the country. What right. would I be doing, you know? I would hate that. Not you personally. Uh, I mean, even after his injury, he didn't really give up on that dream yeah. of, of being a farmer. He, he found ways to work the equipment and get on the equipment. I mean, there's some scary stuff he tried, but... <laughs> it's a little sketchy, but it worked. Yeah, a little sketchy, yeah. But, yeah, it worked that time, but it wouldn't have worked for a long time. And so it was a matter of him getting over the fact that he wasn't going to be a farmer and yeah. 
you know, there was a lot of adjustment on both, both sides. That's a good point because I think for myself, it was harder for me to adjust. It's still, I still find it frustrating to be living in an urban area yeah. rather than a rural, rural area. You and tied both. <laughs> and the rural, the rural area, just the accessibility is not there. You know, for wheelchair accessibility, it's not convenient. I can't do the things I want to do. So I've chosen to live in an urban area. Mm-hmm. Um, but that frustrates me. Yeah. Um, the yeah. opportunities for the type of, like even to, in today's world, the type of vehicle you can get. Um, Nothing is like, you can't get a truck. Well, I mean, you can, but like, yeah. if you think about how much easier it was for us to travel together just in my van because the transfer situation is a lot easier than to transfer into another car you know i often think about my dream car is a jeep right and i would love anything to be able to have a jeep own a jeep but like in reality getting in and out of my vehicle independently is going to become three times harder three times longer you know, and you kind of have to think about the reality of the situation you're yeah. putting yourself in. Exactly, exactly. Um, as you guys obviously started to create a family and you guys had, you have two beautiful children, how did that affect you as a dad? That's a good question. Before, we were older when we had kids. Um, like when Emma was born, we were 35 and, and uh, 40 when Olivia was born. So we were older parents. So we grew up, I grew up as somebody with a disability with my nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. Like I've got all kinds of pictures with them. I, I always say that every one of my nieces and nephews have fallen off my lap. They've all climbed on me and fallen off my lap. So being around kids wasn't unusual for me. When they were my own, I don't know if it was a huge adjustment or if it was a lot different. Um, Mark and I talked about the idea of, like, he had to kind of let go of, like, he had to have more help when they were baby babies, like, diaper changes and, like, things like that. And so, like, accepting the fact that it was okay to ask for help or, like, having somebody else have to help you because you have really no choice. And for me, maybe a little old school or a little squeamish, I got to use my disability as an excuse. Oh, sorry, I can't change a diaper. <laughs> oh, God. I'm a, I'm a quad. I can't change a diaper. <laughs> oh, no. Now, now Mark's <laughs> going to come up with some some piece oh, of gonna, equipment. <laughs> he's going to come back at me for that. I'm pretty well. Yeah. That's okay. You're, you're going to have to change your grandkids' diapers. <laughs> um, but, I mean, and Barb, you were, I mean, as a mom, you took on a lot of responsibility yeah. for all of that. You know, I think from getting up with them at night, if you had to, and and I think we were pretty fortunate with the the or with our daughters. They were really good when they were little. They weren't like yeah, colicky or anything like yeah. that. So we got pretty lucky. But before you had children, did you ever experience like I know for me, like people are nervous for me to hold their kids, and like it's so interesting because. Some people are and some people aren't and they don't want you to like God forbid mm-hmm. hurt them and I'll, I'm sitting here going, You think I would actually like fully intentionally like drop your kid? And like if if I didn't know that I could hold the kid, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, we live in this like 
I don't know. I, I feel like we don't see enough representation in like general like media, so to speak. That like it's not normalized for a person that uses a chair or has any sort of physical disability to be seen as like a safe, good parent. <laughs> and then, you know what, that's very true. And on the flip side of that, I know so many parents with disabilities. Right. Like so many. We all, we both do. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you're right. It's not, it's not, you don't, it's not represented in the public for sure. I but think I, in I a way so though. people that are. I think in a way though, like Emma and Olivia are going to grow up to be a little bit more empathetic. Well, I would like to think so. Although the other day, <laughs> they came up to me and said, Dad, you're just faking it, aren't you? Yeah, Ty says that to me all the time. He thinks when, gonna, it, Ty when, thinks I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m. and be like, gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what they were going. But when they were little, I remember they would always say, here, Dad, let me get that for you. You don't have good hands. See, you but know, that's like, a learning experience, well, right? And they... And, like, I'm sure all of their friends, now, obviously, they're older, but all of their friends, like, know that you can speak and, like, can, oh, yeah. <laughs> you and know, they're, and they're drive very, them around. Yeah, and they're all very curious, and they're, they're, which is interesting. So, Olivia's, and when Emma was first driving, now Olivia is, all of their friends, like, for Emma and Olivia, it's second nature. They know what hand controls are. They've seen it. Yeah, yeah. lifts and seat bases and all that kind of stuff. But all their friends... Now that they're getting into driving, they want to know how I drive. They want to see the equipment. Yeah. So it's really cool because, you know, I'm, I'm able to share that with them. Yeah. Um, it was quite funny. So the other day, a little story, we were going to get uh, Olivia's learner's license. Just her and I went to the, to the insurance agency. Her to get learner's it. permit? Her learner's permit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Called a learner's license in Canada. And there I, keep, was, I keep messing with them, guys. There was two young kids and their mom outside of the the uh, auto insurance place and the kids were kind of driving mom crazy the kids were driving mom a little crazy and uh, we were we were leaving and I said hey guys you want to see how I drive and they're all of a sudden one was I think they were 10 and 8 and they come right in the van and I was showing them the how I transferred and I was showing them the uh the hand controls and the steering device and it was just really cool to kind of see their eyes open up um, and to educate someone like that you know like a little person who's never had a chance to yeah interact with that well and this is what i think is going to be so interesting because people often wonder and i'm sure people ask you guys too like i don't well i don't know if anybody's ever asked you this but like i know people have asked ty of like oh so like what is it like, right? And, and they just mean in general, like our life together. And I find it interesting because I wonder if one of your daughters would get, like if they found a partner who happened to use a chair or they really liked someone that happened to use a chair, I don't think they would give it a second thought. Whereas lots of people don't want to really try to date somebody or they find it difficult to date somebody that has a physical disability because they, they don't know how to or aren't equipped to look, I shouldn't say look past it, but like maybe accept it. That's another form of acceptance, mm -hmm. right? Of yeah. like, um, I, I, I spent so many years on dating apps 
where guy, you know, I would tell a guy that I had CP and they would be like, I don't think I can handle that. And you have to be honest with them and you have mm-hmm. to give them credit for saying what they truly feel. But at the end of the day, like that's that concept of like when somebody, when a little kid comes to see you and the parent says, oh, don't say that. Right. Yeah. I always say, I said, if Ty's mom would have ever taught him not to ask questions, we would have never been together Yeah. because mm-hmm. you automatically close a kid's brain by saying, don't ask that. That's not appropriate. But how do you know what's appropriate if you don't let them speak? Right. Or if you don't let them go, oh, these are cool. Because, like, little kids are not looking at you being like, you're a quad. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Like, yeah. they, 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 they want to know. Yeah. Honest, it's honest yeah. curiosity. You know, it's and it's the best. I think it'll be so interesting to see if, you know, whoever, if they decide to, to, to date, if they do give somebody that uses a chair or has some sort of disability a chance just to get to know them. It'll be interesting to see what that's, what's that, what that's like and see if. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good. I've never really thought about that. That's a, you good, know? a good point. Can we'll you see, imagine? We'll see what happens. We'll do that in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're not gonna date until they're thirty, Paul. Yeah, that's good. That's that's the rule. <laughs> no. Episode uh, yeah. three hundred and ninety-three. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back to you on what happened. Yeah. Um, Barb, I'm gonna ask you. So, did your parents? Yeah. How did they handle getting? to know Paul using his accessibility devices and his, through his accident? Well, um, like Paul said, I had more experience with people with disabilities. I had a, a foster brother who had cerebral palsy. Oh, cool. With us, yeah. And, um, was he as cool as me? <laughs> no. Very cool. Just kidding. And so, Springing something new on you. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) The more you know. They had some experience with that. And so my dad actually built us a lift, an elevator in our house. Yeah, that goes to the basement. Yeah. The one you have now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. He he worked as a machine shop teacher. Or heavy duty mechanic. Heavy duty mechanic. Mechanic yeah. instructor at a tech school. And, oh, that's so cool. And they, yeah, he built it for me. Yeah, it was very awesome. Still yeah. works today, and that was so, yeah. 20 and some odd years ago we built it. So. Wow. I think they were always comfortable with you, and, mm-hmm. and they never ever said to me, like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, yeah. <laughs> they never said that to me. Yeah. I vote, And I think in the same, like, token, I feel very lucky with my in-laws. They're, they've always been very open-minded. I'm the first person they've ever really known uh, that used accessibility devices. And uh, I think the first person that they'd really met with cerebral palsy. And I just remember being like fully accepted. His mom and and his dad were a little bit like concerned, making sure that I was comfortable. Like they wanted to always help, you know, or would jump in right away. And then they started realizing like, oh, she'll ask for help when she needs it, you know, or like, and it's been seven years now almost, so they're, they're very comfortable with it. But even like my father-in-law, he's amazing, and he went to Wadapalooza with me just to check it out and just to see nice. like how um, we competed. And then we got my mother-in-law to come with us the year, the next year. And like, 
when you're at a competition like Wadapalooza, you see so many different people. You see people with limb difference. You see blind people, yeah. deaf people, and they're doing physically active things. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest turning point. So, like, if I would have ever talked to that woman, and I hope if you talk to her, that woman and her son again, yeah. one of the biggest things that we need to make sure, and it's not just staying driven, get him into something physical. Get him into something active because yeah. I feel like even my perception of disability changed when I started getting into athletics because you're not just, you know, oh, disability people in the corner, you know, you're people that you're are part of. actively doing something, making something of yourself and your life, making your life better. And I like this switch flipped in me because I didn't like associating with people with disabilities. I'm very open now I talk about it very openly. I would have never associated with you ever. I would have never known how, like I, I and it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. It has everything to do with the perception that I created in my head that if we go out to a restaurant, just the two of us, people are gonna automatically assume we're somehow linked to each other. Yeah. And I didn't like I didn't like that feeling. I didn't like knowing that somebody would make that perception. And then I was probably about 23 years old when I was like, why do I care? Why do I care what this person thinks about me and my friends? And I think that part of acceptance was really important. Yeah, and I, I think that's a huge, that's a huge piece too for so many. And, and when you talk about getting involved in physical activity, I think that's that community piece. Yeah. Um, and I've talked to, to a lot of different people about this and had some different conversations. And the idea of, I, I think physical activity is hugely important. It's a really important part of my life. It may not be important for everybody. And if it's not important for somebody, I think they need to find another thing that is. A, an, another thing yeah. that will build that community. And I think that community piece is really helpful for someone with a disability and I I know from my perspective for having an acquired disability it was huge and from what you're saying it sounds like for you it was pretty important yeah. too so there's a difference between support groups that are like constantly talking about the same thing over and over like I know for me personally I could never go to cancer support groups because all they ever talked about was doom gloom and sadness I, we've created our own support group within things like staying driven and the live to roll because the support group is, hey dude, I fell out of my chair and uh, how, did, how did you get back up out yeah. of your chair? Because I need to learn how to do that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so I, I think taking this idea of like, it doesn't have to look like this cookie cutter this cookie cutter thing of like, it doesn't have to be doom and gloom all the time. I'm not saying that either of us are perfect. Any of us, you know, we all have our bad days. We are all frustrated. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I wish I could put the covers on without getting my feet twisted up and <laughs> make it easier. And sometimes I wish I could go to the bathroom faster. But reality is I can't. So at the end of the day, like, it's not worth, you know, kind of freaking out over if I can find a different solution 
So yeah, I would I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Just live, right? Just live. Yeah, just just live, just live your life. Yeah. Um, before we go, is there anything else that you would want to share with our listeners about either yourself or anything that you've experienced this weekend? The the weekend was awesome. So glad that um, I was able to attend. Barb and I were I think we we're both feeling the same able to come down, meet you, and attend the expo. I think that's really cool. Um, I would definitely like to check out some other ones. And uh, I got California on the list for... Yeah, for those that don't know, yeah. I think the expo goes California, Texas, Chicago, and New York. Yeah, I at least I, I, don't, I don't know all the... Oh, the circus, the, the circuit. I don't know <laughs> um, all the locations. I think that's the circuit. I remember I went to my first abilities expo when I was seven years old in New Jersey. Oh, wow. And I bought a bike. Well, my family bought a bike. And I told my mom that I was going to work for them someday. And for the last three years, we have worked at the Ability Expo. Ah, that's cool. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Well, it has been such a blast getting to hang out with you this whole weekend, getting to just have you here and see that you're a real person. There you go. <laughs> and uh, no, it's, it's just been a blast. So I hope that you guys feel like you can take something away from this conversation. Paul is one of the most incredible people that I know. And Barb, you as well are just such wonderful, you're just wonderful human beings. If anybody who does want to get in touch with you, how can they find you? Oh, now i got to remember things like my Instagram handle and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram, um, PRG567, I think I'm on Instagram. <laughs> I'll <laughs> or, put his Instagram or, in yeah, the caption, too. Or through Staying Driven. You can find me through Staying Driven. Contact Steph. She knows how to find me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Paul's full of really good resources, especially, um, you know, just adaptive sports and things like that. So if anybody ever wants to reach out, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, I'd love to help. But uh, share, just share ideas. It's, have a conversation. Have that's a conversation, really it. Yeah. It's just have a conversation. You know, you can always learn something from a conversation. So I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.